Isaiah chapter 41, verses 9 and 10. You may follow on your Bible, your digital device, or it'll be on the screens here as well. When you have it, please say amen. The word of God reads, You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Verse 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that tonight you would use me once again as an instrument for your honor, for your glory, to minister your word to your people. Let it be a seed sown in good ground. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tonight we're going to be talking about receiving victory and denying fear. I'm going to say that again, receiving victory and denying fear, because these two elements of our life cannot be separated. If you are going to have victory, you must first deny fear. If you are going to have the absence of fear, you must realize that you have victory. Receiving victory, whenever we talk about this, there's three areas of victory we're going to talk about. Victory of faith, a victory against temptation, and a victory of receiving. The first things first, we have to identify what is a victory. What is it? Let's talk about this first element, a victory of faith. Everyone say that with me, a victory of faith. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, it tells us a story about a woman with the issue of blood. She had dealt with this issue for many years, and she had said, if I could just touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, it tells us what, Je what Jesus responded to her. He said, take courage, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was cured from that, that very hour. Let me tell you, dead souls are not raised from spiritual deadness unless it is by Jesus Christ. And this woman knew exactly where, where her healing was coming from. It was coming from the almighty son of the living God, Jesus Christ himself. She would say, if I could just reach out and touch him, I will be healed. Is there any faith-believing people that would say, if I could just reach out and grab him, he will hear me? There is no situation in life that is powerful than God's grace. And that is what he has extended to us in any moment of our weakness. Grace has been alive in us. And you imagine it, the scene it was whenever we came to know Jesus Christ. What a celebration was happening in heaven. And I pray that whenever we tell somebody else about Jesus, this same joy fills our life. Because imagine that this one woman, there was so much glory that came from that story. How much more would it be whenever legions are coming to know who Jesus Christ is? And our mission will never be finished unless us as the church rise up and spread the message of the gospel to the four corners of the world, which is what we have been called called to do. Our faith, separated from any other belief system, any, any other religion, is that Jesus Christ is the only way by man can be saved. Does anybody believe that tonight? He is the only one in whom our faith can be proven as strong. This, this one God has given us everything we could ever need. And don't you know that in every story of scripture, whenever every story of victory, it all starts with what? Faith in God. In the, in, in the most uncommon of people, that they would rise up by God himself, and he has caught them to do an incredible work. Noah, an ordinary man, God said, build me an ark, and he did, and by the grace of God, it happened. Moses, 
a man who God called who had an issue with speaking. I can sometimes share with that. Yet God still called him to lead many out of captivity. Jesus Christ, who came in the form of a man, holy man, holy God, came and delivered all of humanity by the power of sacrificing himself on the cross. Can I tell you, Jesus is not still on the cross, but he has risen and he is alive and he is living in God's people. Can somebody shout amen tonight? Many stories we see throughout scripture, it emphasizes on faith. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, a group of men brought him a paralytic, and Jesus saw their faith. This is Matthew 9, 2. He said to the paralytic, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Then in Matthew chapter, chapter 9, verse 29, he touched a man who was blind, and he touched his eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Every instance of victory, it begins with this, with Jesus saying, according to your faith, it will be done for you. It is by no other earthly principle. There is no psychological element that could replace this. There is no educational factor that can replace faith. I can tell you the most educated man in the world, he could have every bit of knowledge that the world could offer, but if he does not have Jesus, he does not have anything. This is what true richness is. Whenever you know where the, where, where the source of your victory comes from, it comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. What is the word telling us? That God is a responder of faith. If you want to reach out to him, that is how you will do it. But if we're, there's going to be a victory Let's be honest, there is going to be a temptation, and tonight we're going to talk about three areas of temptation where we have to confront wholeheartedly the first temptation, the temptation to quit. Anyone who's been in the faith, we know that this word quit comes up very, very often. I tell you this, just two weeks ago, I heard the devil speak to me right here in one of these pews. I heard, I, I heard him say, you are not to minister to the children of Kingsway Church. I said, excuse me. Let me tell you this, whenever the devil tries to remove from you a role he never gave to you, tell him to back off. It's not his territory. It doesn't belong to him. That very same night, I heard God speak. Oh, I love it whenever God speaks. I heard him say, every single student. And I knew what, I knew what it meant. I felt like the Lord was saying he's going to use Kingsway Student Ministry to reach every single student. And I said, okay, Lord, let's do it. So I'm asking him what's going on, and he gave me phase one, and we're in phase one, and that is to just invite every single student. And by that, they would know that there is a church out there that loves them. You know, out of, 14, out of 1,400 students, you can imagine that there's only but a couple hundred of them that are involved, that are, that are involved in a local church. So that means that there's about 1,200 students who are still lost out there. But by the grace of God, they will be reached, every single one of them, in Jesus' mighty name. But how are they going to know? They're going to know by us being a church with an open door. And, and, and a lot of times whenever we minister to others, it is not the easiest thing to do. Because there have been moments in our lives we thought, we thought about throwing in the towel. We thought about quitting. But let me tell you, let me read you something that Pastor Charles Spurgeon wrote one time. He said, it is a great thing for a man to be near to God. It is a very choice privilege to be admitted into the inner circle of communion and to become God's familiar friend. The poor man who was always poor is scarcely poor, but he who has fallen from the summit of greatness into the depths of poverty is poor indeed. Basically what is Pastor Spurgeon saying is that a man who has known Jesus but then has fallen away, he has now experienced true poorness. And really this sense, the sense of poverty can come from one major source, and from that major source comes every other dangerous element in life, and it comes from the devil. 
The devil will speak to you in a number of different ways, but the, a few that I'm going to speak to you tonight, the first one is thoughts of, ina- thoughts of inadequacy. Can I really do this? Can I really accomplish the task that is in front of me? Well, friend, by yourself, you will not be able to. But if God, who has called you to finish the work, he will give you every available resource to do what you have been called to do, and there's no evil force the devil can throw at you that can stop you. You are victorious by Jesus Christ. The next one, this is a big one, failures, past and present. I know in life we, we don't want to make mistakes. And I know sometimes we dwell on the mistakes of yesterday. But let me tell you, that's the only thing the devil has to work with is the mistakes you made yesterday. He doesn't know what can happen in the nearby future, but he's trying to set you up for failure again. And whenever that happens, tell the devil to his face, get thee behind me, victory is in my future. Failure will not not exist in me. The next thing is judgment. What will they say? What will they say? Does it matter? Does it really matter? Because the one voice we need to hear is whenever Jesus says, well done for what you've done. Let me tell you this. As a student minister, I love my role. I love ministering to the students here at Kingsway Church. The children, youth, young adults, it's such a privilege Somebody would ask me, what's your greatest privilege? It's that to minister to them. they say, well, what's the biggest heartbreak whenever one doesn't come back? Because you never know what the world has to offer to them. Why? Because we're not of it. But we know what God has to offer. And whenever someone refuses to allow that to radically change their life, it breaks your heart to see that. Because you know that there's so much more that they can have. But it's such a beautiful sight when they return. Well, that's why any time you've ever ministered to somebody, anyone in this room, whether it be somebody in your family, some, one, of your, one of your close friends, you minister to them and then they walked away, it's not goodbye. Do not accept it as goodbye, but believe that they will return in Jesus' mighty name. If your children used to sit in these same chairs, b- believe that they will be sitting in these chairs again. If any one of your lost family members of your lost friends thought that the world had something better, pray, Lord, convict them and bring them back to the house of prayer where freedom, where freedom does exist. And use me as a light in the midst of the darkness the devil, was trying, the devil was trying to use against them. The next thing the devil tries to use is bad times. Can you serve God in the good and in the bad? Can you? Because it's not as easy as it sounds, trust me. But it's totally worth it. Scripture tells us that he is near to the brokenhearted. This means that any time you felt like you were becoming broken, God was already putting the pieces of you back together. All you had to do was just simply believe it. I wish I could tell you bad times aren't going to come, but bad times God uses to make you even stronger in faith. That you would say, that was tough, but I made it. And I made it because God made me strong. The next thing the devil uses is fear. What if, what if it doesn't work out? What if tomorrow isn't as bright as you think it is? What if, what if, what if? You know what isn't a what if? God's faithfulness. God will always be faithful. And whenever you have overcome anyone, any any one of these, sometimes I'm going to talk to you about what's called an, an invisible battle, which brings you to the next temptation, the temptation to lie. I'm fine. Are we really? You know, it's okay to be honest with God whenever you're not doing fine. If someone asks you, how are you doing? I'm fine. We got a million battles going on on the inside. If you're really fine, that's great. But if you're not, be honest with God about it. 
Because let me tell you what happens behind the wall of I'm fine. For one, we become so used to what life is like in that mode, so it becomes, it becomes our new lifestyle. So we've learned to adjust to living with that problem. And once we've learned to adjust to living with the problem, we stop praying about the problem because now this is what life is. Do not lie to God about what you're dealing with in your heart. For one, he already knows. All he's waiting for is for you to be honest with him. So that way he can start the healing process in you. Sometimes we build up walls against God we don't even realize are there. And sometimes we just need God to just break us a little bit. Scripture tells us he, he has wounded us, but he will restore us. And yes, indeed, he will, because he is a God of his word. He, he has done everything in his power to give you every good thing you will ever need. Trust me, he has. And the, one of the best things you could ever get from God is healing of your heart. So that way you may not only be able to be stronger in your faith, but be able to minister to others who may be dealing with the same kind of battles that you are. You may not even know it. But yes, there is a world out there of people who are dealing, who are dealing with problems. Some who are not even part of the body of Christ. Which, let, which lets me know that the problems we're facing, we are going to be instruments for people to be able to break free of those problems in Jesus' mighty name. And I believe that that is what we have been called to do. But it will never happen, it will never happen unless we're honest with God about what we need. I remember there was one time, it was, it was, early, it was early in my time here. I was, sitting, I was sitting there in the church office. I was dealing with a number of different issues going on. And Pastor Isaac walked in, and then he said, hey, Jake, how are you doing? I couldn't even say I'm fine. I just broke down. Why? Because I just needed, I needed a spirit-filled person to come and ask me. Can I encourage you to get some spirit-filled people around you so that way y'all so can fight this battle together? What does Scripture say? When two or three people are gathered together, there I will be in the midst of them. So anytime, anytime you feel like you're battling, remember this, you're not battling alone. The body of Christ is the most united group the world has ever seen, and we are not a force to be reckoned with. This is why the devil tries to destroy God's people, because he thinks if I can destroy one, maybe I can get to the next one. That's a big maybe. Because if you get one of us, best believe there's an army of others that are going to join in and join in prayer. And we will overcome that mountain together. Getting up a mountain is hard enough by yourself. But whenever you got to pull somebody else up, that's whenever you know the true weight of faith is. Because y'all are in this together. If one falls, we're going to go back down and get them. We can do this. We can do this together. We have strong, we have strong spiritual support around us. And if you don't have one, I'm going to encourage you to find some. Because there are some great people here at Kingsway Church who are filled with faith, filled with the smile, and they are filled with God's grace. And they have not given up. Are any of those people in the house tonight? Next thing we're going to talk about, there's a temptation out there to fear. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 through 26. Scripture tells us, do not fear sudden danger. Or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from the snare. Can I read that to you one more time? Scripture tells us, do not fear sudden danger or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from the snare. This is a guaranteed promise for you. He's saying, don't fear the dangers that may come. I will be your confidence. Scripture tells us a story about three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar was rising up, was rising up altars for pagan gods all over. 
And these three young men refused to bow to them. And right before the king's face, he says, O king, the Lord will surely deliver us from this. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow. What a bold statement that was. Even in the midst of a fiery furnace, they would eventually be thrown into. They were not afraid of the fire. They were not afraid of death itself. But their assurance was knowing that God was going to rescue. Anytime we go into battles, this is what we need. The assurance that God is going to rescue. It may not be the easiest battle you've ever been through. It may not be the easiest journey to be a part of. But I guarantee you that God will hold you every step of the way. All you have to do is just believe him. There's a couple things we need to talk about whenever it comes to fear. Because fear the first thing. Fear is a liar. There is no ounce, there is no word that could come from the devil that is true. All he tries to produce is fear. Fear will withhold you from fulfilling your God-called mission. It will say that you cannot accomplish it. It will say that you are still as broken as you were when God found you. Do not ever let those lies from the devil sink deep into your heart because all they do is get stronger with each growing day. What you have to do is confront them with what they are. Do not accept them as truth and acknowledge them as lies. I remember a few years ago, my grandmother, she had, she had a stroke, and, and a, a, I think it was like two days later, the doctors told my, my mom and my aunts and my uncles, take her home, make her comfortable. You, you know, whenever you hear that, it's never a good outcome, right? Possibly within the next few days. Well, as they brought her, they brought her back to my mom and dad's house, and the house was full of family every day. I loved it. But you could tell there was, like, there was a sense of mourning happening. And my mom and my Aunt Susanna and my grandma could feel it, that there was this mourning. Even though she was just in the other room, people were acting as if she was already gone. So my mom, my aunt, and another one of my aunts, they, took, they, took, they said, everybody out of the house. We're going to pray in this house. So they took my grandmother by the hand and they said, they told her, well, we are going to march around this entire house just like Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho until this is gone. And by the grace of God, my grandma's still kicking. It's been about seven years since then, and she's still kicking. And she's just as much of a woman of faith as she was then. Don't you know faith changes things? And whenever fear tries to come and change that, the second thing fear will try and do, it will try to disguise itself as faith. How so? What, what does that mean? If God, for example, has ever put into your heart to give, faith will come in and say, maybe you should hold on to that. Save it for something bigger. Friend, that's what the devil will try and do. He'll try to make himself sound like God so that way that you can do his work. There was one time I was getting, I was getting, getting ready to preach. This was, about, this was about 10 years ago. I was about to pick up my Bible so I can start preparing, and I thought I heard God speak. I thought I heard God say, you don't need to pick up the Bible. Once you get behind the pulpit, I will give you every word you will, you will need. And I thought, oh, that sounds like God. Maybe it is God. So, I, so I'm sitting there at the table. My mom comes and asks me, shouldn't you be getting ready for tonight? And I said, Mom, the Lord told me I didn't need to pick up the word because he's going to give me every single word the moment I get behind the pulpit. And my mom said, are you sure God said that? And I thank God she said that. What was the devil trying to do? He was trying to set me up for failure. And any person who's ever been behind the pulpit, you do not want to, to not study the word. You want to be sure you know what God is saying and what he wants to say to God's people. The next thing we need to acknowledge about fear is that it's an illusion. It's made up. 
The devil will use false things to try to, to, try to corrupt your mind. And for example, these tangible things that we see that we see around us, he'll use those things to make it to make to make make us afraid, make make our flesh very very afraid. Which brings you to the next thing: fear is a decision. You either choose to be afraid or you choose to have faith, but there is no in between. So whenever fear comes knocking at your door, don't open it, because it's trying to distract you from what God is really trying to do. I remember a while back the Lord had given me had given me a vision for Kingsway students and that very night. I don't know why, but I had a very crazy dream. And it was us, this man holding a spear, and he kept trying to hit me, him and his army, but they would only get this close. But he couldn't touch me. And I felt like it was a spiritual sign that the devil was going to try to break me. But as long as I didn't let him produce fear in me, I was still going to remain victorious. Can I encourage you tonight? You can decide to have faith and eliminate any amount of fear that may be trying to knock on your door. We've, we've acknowledged a victory of faith, a victory over temptation. Now let's talk about a victory of receiving. Christmas is just right, right around the corner, and we love to receive gifts every year. But the best gift you can ever receive from God is his grace, his victory. That's been, that, that's been given to you at such a free cost. To who? To you. The only thing you had to do was believe for it. Grace is the most unfair thing God could have ever given. You may say, what does that mean, unfair? Because fair means he gave us something, we give him something just of equal value in return. It was so unfair to him, but yet he wanted it anyway. What did he want? The fellowship of his people, just like this. Can I encourage you, don't ever lose this. Don't ever lose this desire to try to, try to seek God more and more. He wants to continue to give you more. To give you the strength that you need. All you have to do is just accept it. And receive it. That's why every time these doors are open. For Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Small group. Whatever it may be. Take the opportunity to hear God's voice. Trust me. You will not regret it. And whenever you are in a season of serving as well. Take that as joy as well. It's a beautiful thing to serve God's people. It's not the, always the easiest thing to do, but it's such a, such a worthwhile thing. Why is that? Because everything that you do in faith, whether you realize this or not, it will increase your faith if you let it. Receiving, receiving victory means that you will, fa that you will fa face your fears in four ways. The first one, face the truth. Face the truth about what the word says about fear. The second thing, and this is also a big one too, erase all negativity around you. Whenever I left my home in Victoria, Texas, left, uh, I left, left my family, I left the job that I had, and I moved over here, moved over here to Bevo, I knew that God was calling me to a, a beautiful new season. And one of my closest family members, they said, Jake, I think what you're doing is really great, but it's also the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. What were they looking at? They were looking at all the things that could easily be replaced. But what they could not see was a spiritual outpouring of blessing that God was getting ready to unleash upon my life. God called me to full-time ministry over five years ago, and I thank God for every journey ever since then. Because from that, I was, able, I, was able to see, I was able to see his faithfulness 
And you know, I could have very well given in to that kind of negativity. And there's a lot of negative things you could possibly hear that could bring you down as well. But you are the one, ultimately, at the end of the day, who's going to either let it in or let it out. You get to choose. The second thing you need to do this is also a big one. You need to allow change. I remember one time I came, I had a crazy weekend. And then I walked into a Sunday morning service and I was tired and I looked tired. Which meant I wanted to give off the impression, oh, I had a hard week. I had a hard weekend. I'm tired. Woe is me kind of thing. And then, and then I spoke to Pastor Isaac. And he, said, and he said, we don't need a martyr, Jake. And from that moment, it snapped. Why? Because you as God's people, you don't need, you don't need our problems. You need us to be able to give to you the very best what we can give you and the very best we can give you is God's word in any moment, in any moment of any day. So whenever you, so whenever you come into God's house, allow for the Holy Spirit to, to convict you in areas where there mightn't be a need for change. And if there is one, that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit will be the one to do, do some changing around in you. That's all right. But let him be the one who's leading it. The next thing you need to do, you need to rest. Rest in who? Rest in Jesus. Friend, the Lord knows. The Lord knows just how difficult life can be from time to time. He knows that. There's no denying that. But what you need to know is that he's already granted you the rest that you will need so that you can have replenished strength, replenished grace. I'm going to tell you something as Brother Josh comes. Let me ask, how do I rest? Is it just a day off? What is it, what is it, what is it, what is it really? What is rest for us? The first thing I'm going to encourage you to do, if you're not doing it already, read and study God's word. No matter how many times you could read this book, there will be different things that will, that will convict your heart. That will say, wow, that's in there? Yeah, that's in there. You'd be surprised how many scriptures I've read in different situations in my life where it changed the whole complex of the situation. Especially one, especially one of my favorite ones, where Micah chapter 7, verse 8, Micah says, Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy, though I fall in darkness, I will rise again. And another verse in Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 5, says, The Lord God has opened my ear. I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. Every time you study God's word, there will be something fresh for you. But all you have to do is open it up, read it, and study it. Even if it's just for five minutes a day, start there. There will be something fresh in God's word for you. The next thing, hearing God's word preached. You can't expect to be full for the whole month if you eat one meal. That's why we encourage you to come here. I'm going to emphasize it again because it's just that important. Do not lose the fellowship of God's house, which is the custom of some. That's straight from the word of God. There are some who have fallen away from this kind of fellowship. But may we as God's people never do so. The next thing you need to do, you need to meditate daily on the goodness of God. It's very easy to dwell on the negative aspects of life around you. But whenever you dwell on God's goodness, there ain't no amount of negative thing that could, that could, stop, that could stop that beautiful picture of God's goodness for you. The next thing you need to do, you need to commit all your ways to God. Every single one of them. And that requires a lot. Yeah, it does. I'm not going to lie to you. It really does. But scripture tells us this, that we should offer ourselves 
as spiritual sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual service of worship. We could come here. We could sit down in these chairs, pretend everything is all right. But if we don't let God's goodness just begin to wrap us up and change, change us from the inside out, we've wasted an opportunity. You have an open opportunity tonight to receive your God-given victory. I can't guarantee that the battle you're in will end tonight, but I can't guarantee if you haven't started fighting, you will start to see the change happen in your life. It will happen. That's the mindset you need to adopt is that it will happen for you. If you believe, God's already done his part. He's already opened the doors. He's already guaranteed his word. He's already sent the power of the Holy Spirit. This should make us excited about the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. We cannot be stopped. God is our victory. How do we know that? When he died on the cross, then he rose again three days later. It shut out the power of death over us. And the power of sin was broken. And just as he said, death, where is your sting? You have lost your victory. Well, tonight what we're going to do, stand on your feet, please. Victory is here in this place tonight. His name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. And what he wants to do, he wants to pour it out over you. You may be saying, Brother Jake, I'm doing good right now. I'm not in any battles. I'm doing just fine. Well, friend, if I were you, I'd still be preparing the ground anyway. We don't know what may come from day to day. But God's grace will be there with us every step of the way. I'm going to invite you to come out of your seats and come join me in this altar for a moment. And we're going to be honest with God for a second. Every single person here, would you come? Would you join me here? We're going to do two things. We're going to confront the fear that may be trying to break us. And we're going to receive the God-given victory that has been set aside for us. Can we do that tonight? I want God's people just to think for a moment. What is the one fear that's been trying to break you? What's the one battle that's been trying to overcome you? Think about what it could be. It doesn't have to be for you. It could be for your family. It could be for your friends. Whatever that fear is, whatever that battle is, just think about it for a moment. Just think about what it is. And now we're going to prophesy that that problem is going to diminish in Jesus' mighty name. We ready? Every person here, lift your hand toward heaven. And just think about what that problem may be. And let us start praying in faith against it. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we acknowledge that there is a greater power that exists. It is your grace which has enabled us to receive any form of victory. So tonight, the fear that has been trying to cripple God's people, we come up against it in Jesus' mighty name. We say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You have no authority in our households. You have no authority in our mindsets. You will not have any authorities over me. In Jesus' mighty name, begin to declare that. Declare it over your situation. It's not over. It's not finished. You will not lose. God has called you to win. 
God has called you to be victorious. God has called you to receive it by faith tonight in Jesus' mighty name. 